Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Dr. Susan Campbell. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, it's my pleasure to have you. And anybody that's listening, maybe you're not familiar with Susan's work. Let me kind of give you a background because Susan Campbell is a psychologist and she's worked as a relationship coach for 45 years. She's a former professor at the University of Massachusetts and she's the author of 10 books on relationships and communication. Her work's been featured in many popular magazines, including New Woman, Cosmopolitan, Self, Men's Health, Brides, Seventeen, Yoga Journal, and New Age. And you can find out more about her work at SusanCampbell.com. Susan, do me a favor. Fill in any blanks there may be in that introduction and and give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Okay, well, I'm still working. I just turned 75 a week ago, uh, and I'm still active doing private practice and seminars, and I train coaches. I train people to do what I call getting real coaching. It's based on my book, Getting Real, which has to do with helping people learn to be more present in their now experience rather than getting caught up in their mind chatter and their fear stories. So I I help people become coaches and uh, I'm specializing mostly in relationships and I work on both Skype and phone with people at a distance and I still have an office in my home here in Sebastopol, California. Excellent. Well, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I I know from looking at your website and and exploring a little bit of what you do that, you know, you you have that focus on the get real. And I'm wondering, I've I've, uh, always found that it helps to have, I call it a guiding principle. Some people will call it a quote or a mantra, but it's something that's kind of a touchstone you can come back to when you maybe get off track with your partnership. And I'm wondering, what is it that you use? What do you you consider the the kind of guiding principle for you? And and how would our listeners apply it in their lives? Well, I think the big overarching principle that I like to help people get in touch with is that we are here in this school of life to learn lessons and relationships are kind of like the advanced course. So I teach relationship as a practice, sort of like yoga or meditation. Uh, What I mean by that is When I'm working with a group or with couples, I help people observe when they have resistance to something their partner is saying or doing, like 
resistance might mean you've got a judgment coming up or you wish that person hadn't done that or maybe you even get triggered and go into a fear story like uh, I'm all alone here my partner doesn't care about me so all of those are signals of some kind of resistance to the present moment and then I help people self-observe because I, I believe relationship is a spiritual practice to help us evolve beyond just the egocentric view of what's going on. Now, the ego is important for navigating with the physical world, but there's also automatic patterns that the ego has developed that limit our freedom and limit our choice. So I help people, if you use relationship as a practice, you're more interested in what can I learn from this moment rather than how can I get my partner to change so that I'll feel better. Yeah, that's that's really a great guiding principle. And I, I love how you said that, that, you know, we're in this school of life to learn lessons and relationships of the advanced course. Because it really yeah, is. They really put you up against yourself. Yes. You know? Yeah, and they absolutely. Teach you to love. They teach you to expand your boundaries beyond just, hey, what's in it for me? And to me, that's that that's part of what we're here to learn as humans is how to love. And that means just opening yourself up to what is in this moment and relaxing and trusting life. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, Susan, what I'd love to do is one of the things our listeners tell us is they love the stories that our guests share. And so if you'd be so kind, I'd, I'd like to start off with a story of a time in your life when, well, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And, and tell us what happened. What were you doing? What did you trip on? And, and what were you able to learn from that experience that helped you move forward? All right. I've got one. Uh, I've got many, but uh, let's see. One <laughs> pops up uh, uh, because it, it teaches a, a, another guiding principle, which is more like a little rule, which is don't ever break up with your partner when you're triggered. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how my partner and I broke up when we were triggered and it was a bad idea and we, we did get back together, But so that's the punchline, but uh, here's the story. Okay. Um, we had just come back from this marvelous romantic vacation and uh, I was a little jet lagged, so let's say it's Sunday morning, you know, we'd gotten back late Saturday night, I'm sleeping in, my partner gets up earlier than I do. And he, I'm, I'm sleeping, but he's apparently wanting to make love. Um, but I don't know this because I'm sleeping. And so later I learned that he's kind of waiting around for me to wake up and he keeps looking in and the room is dark. And finally, he wakes me up, I guess, you know, after he's, he's been feeling more and more upset for an hour or two. And we had been uh, planning a really nice day together. And he just wakes me up and says something like, I'm going out and I don't know when I'm coming back. And this was in um, the early stage of our relationship. We hadn't started living together yet. And, you know, I, I said, what? You know, I was just I was still waking up. And um, so he he says, I'm going home. And then, you know, we talked just a little bit. 
and he said some other things, you know, I can never get what I want in this relationship. We're never, you know, we're never going to be able to make love in the morning. And he's saying these things that I am so confused. Like, what is going on? I thought we were getting along great. We just had this fabulous vacation together. We just got home. And, and so I was just like shocked out of my mind. And another word for that is I'm triggered. And obviously so was he. And I, what goes on in my mind, and I want our listeners to be aware of things like this, my, my ego pride came up and it kind of, you know, he, he began saying a bunch of things that sounded critical to me. And I says to myself, if he can't see how great a partner I am, then I don't want him. Okay, so that's the first layer of, of self-talk. And I learn underneath that is, of course, my fear of rejection. But I acted on it and I said, well, I guess, you know, I guess this is it. Then let's, you know, let's just take a break from being together. And we wound up breaking up. We only broke up for a week. But what I learned about that was don't break up when you're triggered because that is never you're never in your right mind when that's going on you're um under the influence of these strong fight flight freeze chemicals that take over your brain and i've written books about this and i teach this but i momentarily forgot that and didn't take my own advice yeah that's that's a good one don't don't break up when you're triggered because i think everybody's been there yeah, I mean, you know, you just get caught up in, yeah. you know, your pride and your self-protection. And, you know, that's what I did. And, and I didn't even want to feel my fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. After we talked about it later, you know, we, we didn't talk for a few days. And then, of course, we missed each other and we started talking. But it wasn't necessary to break up. What would have been the right thing is let's pause and calm down and then let's talk about this. That's the, uh, that's the pause, calm, repair piece of advice that I have built a book around my most recent book, which is called Five Minute Relationship Repair. Mm -hmm. And that basically talks about what to do when your buttons get pushed and how to make up after a fight like that. Wow, that's great. <laughs> so I, I'm teaching what I need to learn, Kim. Yeah, that's kind of how it works, right? <laughs> yes. Well, that's... I love that story, Susan, and I'd love to ask you to share another one. And this is, it's, it's a little nuanced difference because what I'd like to, to hear from you about is a story of a time when you, you had one of those duh moments where you're just sitting there going, how have I missed this? That is so obvious and I've been blown by it for so long. And, and I'm wondering not only what did you have that duh moment about, but what were you able to do with that wake up moment that created a building block for your future partnerships? I don't know if this if this if this qualifies, but <clears throat> I I got married when I was um, yeah I got here's my here's my dumb moment when uh, I was in my twenties I I was married for five years um, to a man that I loved very much, but right after um, we had been married for just a year, his parents got real sick and we had to take care of his brother and sister who were nine and 11 at the time. Mm. And um, so I, all, I became an instant stepmom of uh, school age kids. And um, 
I thought I was getting along really well with these kids. I, I took it on with enthusiasm, like, wow, what an opportunity. I get to be a mom without having to you know, go through the baby years and all that. So I thought it was a pretty, pretty good deal. But there was always a little something that wasn't right with the young boy and myself, the, uh, the nine-year-old boy. It, 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 I didn't really see it at the time, but I there were there were a lot of signs where he just he just would kind of walk away from me, or he would try to get with his brother. See, this this was his. <clears throat> remember now, this was his brother, and the the thing is, I had come into the relationship with his brother a few years earlier, and it had kind of. I didn't know this at the time, but it had interrupted their closeness. It it was like my husband was paying more attention to me than he was his little brother. And his little brother didn't even live in the same town, but he communicated with his little brother a little less after he married me. So then they come to live with us, the two kids, and um, it got more and more stressful between me and this nine-year-old boy terms of him, me trying to help him with his homework or just just help him with anything, it, it became very tense between us. And finally, my husband and I, for various reasons, we decided to break up. Let's let's fast forward now a few years later and you know the kid the kids now 15 and um, we break up and then I find out from the younger brother, he says, I never, and he says to his, his brother, but his, you know, my former husband and I were still friends. So he told me about this. I never felt comfortable with you being with Susan. It was like when you got with her, I lost my big brother. And my dumb moment is I'm a psychologist. I understand, or I ought to understand how when somebody like a, a third person, I mean, I was actually a fourth person, joins an existing system, which is my husband and his brother and sister. They were, they were almost like his two kids, even though they were just his brother and sister. So this goes for blended families. This is the lesson for, for anyone in this situation. I come into this existing family system and I had no idea of the ripples that were going to be created and the, the envy and the jealousy and the competitiveness for, for the, my husband's attention. I, I didn't see all that going on. So my, my duh about myself is I'm a little bit of one of these happy-go-lucky persons that I don't know that there's a problem unless somebody sort of smashes me in the face with it. So. Um, I kind of learned after the fact when I when I learned that the kid had never liked me that there are things that I can tend to forget that I know about life when my emotions are involved that I can go into kind of like denial and just hope for the best and hope everything's okay and not ask very many questions 
So I know some some of our listeners are probably more on the other extreme, which is extremely worried and looking for what could go wrong. Well, I'm the opposite type of person. And so I think all of us need to, I'm the type that's like not looking for what could go wrong. I'm just thinking, well, everything's right unless there's some huge crisis. So I, I think the lesson for me is two things. Know what kind of a personality you already have, which is my tendency toward optimism and denial. If I know that, then I can be a little more ba- balance myself by thinking, well, maybe we better check in here and see what everybody's feeling. So that's one lesson. And the other is just from an information point of view, I've studied families. I've done a lot of family therapy. Why don't I apply this to my own life? The, the idea that when you bring a third or fourth wheel into the system, that it's going to disrupt things and you need, you need to pay attention to the ripples. Yeah, that that's really great, great example. And I, I think one of the things that, that shows up for me, Susan, is your comment about, you know, with all your training and your background, how did you not see this? But I think oftentimes that's where our blind spot is. Well, it, yeah, because of my personality, too. Yeah. And, and so we assume, you know, oh, well, no, that's not going to be the issue because I'd recognize that. And that's exactly the thing you don't recognize. So it's it's kind of funny the way that turns out. Now... I want to switch gears a little bit because we've been talking about, you know, kind of trip ups and things that didn't go so well. What I would love to hear a quick story of is a a time in your life, I like to call it a proud moment in partnership. And and sometimes it's with your family, sometimes it's romantic, sometimes it's career. But the way I typically recognize them is when I start to think about that moment in my life, I can't help but smile. I'm wondering what's one of those for you? Ah, yeah. You know, when I think of that question, I think of something that's with my same partner where we broke up when we were triggered. Um, Very early in our relationship, we were on a vacation and he broke up with me in a sense when when he was triggered but I didn't get triggered that time and I'm very I'm very proud of of this moment so uh here's the situation uh, again it was a sunday morning that's interesting uh, we were uh, at a festival together and having lots of fun one of these out, outdoor music festivals and uh we were talking about the the day before we were sitting at the breakfast table on sunday morning and uh, I don't remember what was going on, but I didn't give him the answer that that he wanted. We were both talking about what happened yesterday in between us, and, and I think maybe I just gave him some factual information, and he wanted some kind of reassurance or something, some kind of emotional connection with me. You know, because that so there's a lesson. Sometimes your partner asks a question, and you think it's a, a question about facts, and it really is. There's feelings underneath there. So I didn't perceive that part uh, at the time. But then he says to me, "This is not going to work." So he's basically, I took that as he's 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 about to break up with me, and um, but I but this is what I'm proud of. I just said, well. What just happened there that, that, that led to this? 
uh, can you tell me more about why you're saying that? So I just kind of opened up. You know, I was clearly not pleased, but I, I wasn't like triggered and, and jumped to a bunch of conclusions like I did in the earlier example. I just held space for him, asked him a couple of questions and let him talk it out. And by the time he'd finished talking, we were close again. And you no, know, we clearly didn't break up. And, and it was just like wonderful that I could be there for his feelings and not uh, jump to a bunch of conclusions. So I'm proud of that. Yeah, that's that's great. And I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because it seems like a something that could happen any day of the week, and yet it is something that we you stay conscious, you think about what you're doing, and go, well, wait, what just happened? Yeah, that's so, that's partnership. Yeah, and that takes practice. Absolutely. To um, learn to do this. But I, I, I want to say, just for context, that my proudest moment, that was earlier in the relationship, and then the time that we really did break up, uh, and, and I got all triggered, that was later in the relationship, and I think I had more invested mm. later on, mm -hmm. and I was more triggerable, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Susan, we've arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home, and this is where we step away from the stories, and I ask you to, to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can apply it directly in their relationships today. And where I'd love to start is, I'm curious what you would say is the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received. Well, I would say that it's know that we have triggers, that we have these emotional hot buttons that are based on fears like fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear that I'm not important or accepted. Each of us has our own flavor of some form of tender, call it like a tender spot on your ego. And it comes from usually how we were parented or what happened in the schoolyard, some early needs that weren't fully met then and so we're still vigilant that, wow, my partner's not going to meet that need. They're about to reject me. They're about to abandon me. So no, here's the, the piece of wisdom is know what your triggers are so that when it happens, you can be more self-aware and know the early warning signs of the triggers. Like in my case, the, the first the story was, well, if, if if he doesn't see how great I am, then I don't want him. Well, that that's that's a sign that I'm triggered, and and then any kind of you know clear like physical I got to get out of here kind of um, impulse. All of those kind of things are signs for me that I'm triggered. So once you can name your trigger, like my main one is fear of rejection, and know what the early warning signs are. Like for me, it's either a shutdown in my body, like I don't even, can't even talk or I want to get out of there. You know, that's, that's flight and freeze. And other people get all red in the face and get hot and, and, you know, start to raise their voice. You know, that's fight. And just knowing that I'm triggerable, we're all triggerable, it's forgivable, it's, it's normal, 
in this stage of our human evolution. And if you know what your early warning signs are and can admit that it does happen, you're going to have more power over this whole triggering process. So that's, that's the key that, that helps me navigate those most difficult moments in relationship. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, I, I love what you said of that your triggers are forgivable. Yeah. Because I think in the moment, we don't feel like they are. Over our shame about having triggers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Susan, I'm, I'm, I, I have a kind of two-pronged question for you next. And, and it's about, you know, what would you say is a book or resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? And what I'd like you to do is give us what you feel is the most if they could pick one book out of the library of books that you've written, which one would you recommend? And then something that you've experienced from other writers where you're like, that's a powerful resource as well. Okay. Um, my latest book, Five Minute Relationship Repair, is the best resource I know of for helping people learn to heal their relationships and heal themselves in the context of a relationship. And it, it goes into this whole pause. After you get triggered, pause. And that means you have to have a pause agreement with your partner. Calm, which means take a little break and breathe and ground and connect with what's here and now. Get out of your head stories. And then repair. And I teach in the book a whole series of self-awareness activities that then allow you to go back after a fight or a triggering incident and say, here's what I was really feeling and needing. And if I had it to do over, here's what I would say to you. And a really thorough repair like that is what's needed if you're going to go forward without a lot of unfinished business in a relationship. So I think that's the best book I know. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I, I, I really want this word to get out. But it's it's a little bit of work for couples. And, you know, sometimes people like a little quicker fix. But honestly, you can do it in less than five minutes once you've read the book and practiced the exercises in the book. Then it gets quick. So the book's Five Minute Relationship Repair. And um, the other book I love is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. I find that very clear it's a, it's just it just helps us see what I'm trying to point to too but it, I'm I'm trying to point to in my books a relational way of getting into the now and getting out of your head but I like Eckhart Tolle's more I would say more abstract but very deep beautiful way of expressing the difference between being present and being caught up in your mind. Yeah, those are great resources. I'm excited to hear about your book. So thank you for that. And and, and that kind of leads me to something, Susan, because I mean, I think it's clear anybody listening, I know I've noticed this is you have an incredible resource of information and, and guidance for folks. Can you let our listeners know how would they contact you and learn more about what you do? Well, my website is susancampbell.com. And if you go to the homepage of the website, there's a place where you can click to receive a free ebook that's about self-compassion and, and how to work with yourself when you get triggered. And 
that will also, if you click that link, you'll put your email address in and you'll get my free monthly newsletter. And I always have some kind of a summary article of, of one of my books or something new that I'm thinking about. Like I just did a blog on what it feels like to be 75 in my recent newsletter. So sometimes it's personal, but mostly it's a tips for authentic communication and intimate relating. So, and also I do a free monthly group coaching call on a telephone conference line. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll hear how to get on that call every month. And so uh, people can get a taste of what I do that way without making too big of a commitment. And of course, I'd love you to get the, the books, Getting Real, Five-Minute Relationship Repair. I, I've got you know some wonderful books, but even if you don't read, there's ways to um, connect with me. And I, I, at this point, I'm not trying to make a lot of money. I'm just wanting to leave my legacy. You know, I'm at that stage now where I'm training others to do what I do. So it's like, it's not like I'm going to try to sell you a bunch of stuff. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Susan. And, you know, your stories and your insights, they've been incredible. I, I know I've learned a ton from this. Amazing reminders. I know our listeners have, too. Thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you, Ken. It was wonderful talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.